0: friends. Welcome to Karen the Load podcast. I am so excited to have Deanna Lovata with us today. She is a wife, a mom, a grandmother, an entrepreneur. Recently, she posted, when you no longer need people's approval, when you believe in yourself without your daily reminder affirmation, post it. New affirmation, leveled up, You accept all your flaws as a gift. Cheers, you have arrived. Sit back and enjoy this conversation with Deanna as you learn how she has overcome and she has succeeded. She is a warrior. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Care in the Load podcast. It's Annette. I am so happy to have you here with us today. I have a great friend, Deanna Lavada, who has joined us today, and she has this incredible story. We met a couple, well, maybe a year ago on social media, and we started just chatting back and forth, and we had some interests that were the same in in gut health and boosting our immune systems. And that's how we even got connected. And then, you know, I I was following her and I was, I was watching her progress in, in different things in life. And one day I reached out to her and I said, you know, Deanna, will you help me? What are you doing? Because there were some things that I wanted to do and I wanted to learn and and she was having the success, and so she was this Karen in in my path, and I was doing it right. She was showing me how to do it correctly, and and place um, some of these tools in my way, which was an incredible, a an incredible gift to me. So thank you very much in in helping me with that. But Deanna, I asked her just one little thing the other day and we were just chatting online and all of a sudden she started to share her story with me and her story is amazing and I just said I have to have you as a guest on our podcast so that you can share with our listeners your story and help them in their journey in life One of the things that Deanna shared with me was that she was born to be a warrior. Can you explain that?
1: I believe that when my parents were conceiving me, I do believe that before I came onto this earth that I already had my plan. I already picked out my journey. I already picked out my path and the people that were going to be in that path to help me grow, to teach me, and so that
0: I can help others. I too believe that I picked my path, and that I accepted this journey of being here to um, to be that warrior as well. To be here to to ha- you know to learn, to grow, but also to um, stop a pattern mm-hmm. that had been going on for generations. And and to progress forwards, continue on, and share a little background about what has happened over the years that has led you to where you are today.
1: Well, uh, since I was a child, I was conditioned to believe that whatever I wanted in life, whatever I dreamed or I desired, not to get my hopes up. Um we're not that fortunate. Uh, other people are lucky. Um, don't, you know, don't wish on a shooting star. I was pretty much conditioned to live a life of, I guess you could say a life that will not give me joy. I was conditioned to believe that life is not a happy place and instead of me being let down, I guess my mother wanted me to know, you know, this is not a, this is not a good world. And, uh, she wanted to toughen me up. She wanted me to have a shield. She wanted me to be a warrior. So I went through my life with that mentality that I, I have to put on my, my warrior, Shield before I go out that door. I have to barricade myself. I have to protect myself because everybody's out to get me. Everybody's out to hurt me. And uh, the world will never give me anything. So I was pretty much just living a life that I felt alone and I felt unprotected. And even though she wanted me to be strong, even though she was trying to instill those values, I still felt very scared because if i can have happiness if i was having joy if i felt happy i always felt like this is not going to last or it's not supposed to happen for me um and if it's happening for me then there must be something bad coming next i mean it was just i couldn't live in my own skin it got so bad
0: i'm going to stop you there and then let you continue but i just think First off, this world is mixed up, right? I mean, it is, but it is a an incredible place, an incredible opportunity that we can have joy. Yes. We can't, but I understand that mindset of always looking around and thinking, okay, what's happening next? When's it going to happen? Because things are pretty good right now. And I used to say, you know, it's just this little reprieve. I'm just having this little reprieve so I can, you know, I can breathe for a second, but it's not going to last. Right. Something's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. Right.
1: The the bottom's going to fall out. Um, Don't count your chickens before they hatch. I I was brought up with that kind of mindset for um, a long time. And it wasn't just my mom. I mean, it was just, it was the generation before her that had a lot of negativity in their lives. They were dealing with a lot of very bad things happening in the world. So they, they instilled it into my mother's generation. And then that generation felt that they never really had joy and they never felt that they could be free. So when they got out from underneath their parents' thumb, pretty much, they ran and they rebelled and they went nuts. And when it came to having their own children, now this is my own belief from my experience. Mm-hmm. They had children with that vision of leave it to beaver. They wanted the, they wanted the home to, to bake the cookies in the kitchen, to have the father come home and be happy. And, and when my mother didn't have that, vision come true she said oh my gosh it's really not going to happen so she took it upon herself to say well I gave it a shot you know I wanted to be beaver cleaver I wanted to be the perfect mom and wife and it didn't work so she just said forget it and left me my grandmother and then my grandmother was having to raise another child at the age of 52 I think and my mother just she needed to sow her oats, I guess you could say. She needed to um, have her freedom. And she needed to, I I think she thought she needed to reintroduce, she needed to redo her life. Like she was never meant to be a wife, a mother. She failed. So she didn't, I feel she didn't want me to have to have that kind of value. But unfortunately, my grandmother was doing better than my mother. My grandmother was treating me more like a daughter. And that's where the jealousy came in. And my mother started to not want to be a mother because she missed me or she wanted to, um, I guess, redeem herself and try to make it work. She felt, okay, now I didn't have that kind of mother with my with my life. She's given my daughter the mother I wanted. So she didn't want me to have that. She wanted me to have her. And when she said, I'm going to be your mother now, and she was so angry with all the feelings that her mother made her feel, and she was so angry about the life choices she made, she wanted to punish me with things that she chose in her life. She wanted to punish me for things that went wrong, and she always wanted me to know that I was a mistake. Like I was not something that she, it wasn't like she took responsibility. She made me feel like I was a mistake. Like, I don't know why God would give you to me. You know, you, um, you have all these things that she would make me feel like I was never good enough. I was never pretty enough. I was never skinny enough. I was, she wanted me to be a boy. So she cut my hair real short. She always told me, you know, I'm just going to put you in these pants because they'll grow with you. She was very jealous of me. And she definitely made me feel that way. And as a child, if I can feel that, that's pretty bad. She was really, really hard on me. I
0: think so many of those things and and the lasting effect, that pain. Um, One, I know that you have done a lot of healing through the years, but you also kind of hit rock bottom. Right. In that journey. But you had to understand that it wasn't your fault that you are worthy, you are beautiful, you are enough, even if we make mistakes and we aren't we don't feel like we did good enough doesn't mean we're not enough, and that we're you know, less than and you know the sad thing is your your mother took that pain and all of her wounded brokenness. And threw it on you instead of looking inward.
1: Right. And- she never had the mindset. She didn't have all the, um, I, I want to say, all the tools and all, all the research and all the uh, information that's available to us. All she had was her anger, her beliefs, and she needed a way out. And the only, I was her way out and her alcohol. So she drank a lot to get away from the pain. And then when she looked at me, she saw me more of a pain. So it was like I had to write her letters and I had to like whisper from my room because I knew that if I said one bad word, if I, you know, if I set her off, if she if she wasn't in a mood that she wanted to. Deal with me, you know, she would lash out. So I would always have to, as a child, I would figure out, okay, should I write her a letter today or should I talk to her today? I don't know if she wants to hear my voice or she wants a letter. And if I gave her a letter, she could be really sarcastic and really nasty, or she could say, okay, yeah, I'll get to you later. I mean, it was a really weird relationship to
0: say the least. <laughs> and as a child, oh, it is so hard, those dynamics and trying to read the energy and what's coming and, and, and having, you know, cause we, we doubt ourselves, we doubt, you know, well, really, are they right? Are they, are they being honest with me? Cause you know, they're my, she's my mother. Why would she do, you know, it's a whole big mess is is the way i i look at that and and i am so sorry but so here she's drinking a lot yes and and that becomes her her numbing her medicine you know you talk about she didn't have the resources that generation i believe swept everything under the rug mm-hmm. you could not talk about anything that wasn't perfect
1: right and anything that happened to her that it was a traumatizing negative issue, uh, situation or, you know, anything that was something that should never made a feel ashamed. She felt shame, you know? Um, and as I got older, she looked to me as a friend and she confided in me in this, and she wanted me to be her partner in life. Now, now she wants me to drink with her. Now she wants me to party with her. Now she wants me to be her friend. And I'm only, you know, I'm only 11 years old. So, I started to become my mother's best friend at 11. That's the only way she wanted me to be. She didn't want to be a mother to me. She just wanted me to you know, be her best friend. And I found myself giving my mother counseling and I found myself um, being her, uh, what do you call it? Her bouncer. I found myself being her counselor in her relationships with men or her decisions with anything that she was going to decide or try to guide her in a better direction and try to give her the positive feedback, try to try to lift her spirits, try to empower her, try to give her the motivation. I felt like I was just always living to create my mother's world to be a better place. And I never had any time to, really get to know who I was or who I wanted to be or what I, I could do, you know? So it was like living with my mother. If I wasn't there, I felt like the night out with my friend or something, I felt like, okay, I don't have to be uh, her I guess you could say, I don't I don't have to be her superior right now. I don't have to worry about her. And so then I would do that to my friends. And I couldn't get, I couldn't stop. I had to be a superior. I always had to guide people in the right direction. And I was always the one that says, you know, that's not a good decision. Um, and I felt like I could never just relax. And I still can. I, still, I feel.
0: Yeah. And I think that you, you said something about trying to to know who you are and figure out who you are and And I guess I want to you know this is going to skip a big chunk here, but how did you find out who you were? Because it didn't happen when you were home.
1: No, no. When I was home, I was my mother's, um, I guess you could say negotiator with her her husband, my real my father adopted me.
0: You talked about a little bit about finding who you are and, and yeah. getting to, you know, know, well, who am I? And that didn't happen growing up in, in your home as a, when a lot of people learn about who they are as they're growing and they become teens. And it's challenging because everybody's going through that and trying to figure out who they are. But you're in this whole different mess over here at home mm-hmm. where you're so worried about mom and trying to help her through her issues and you couldn't develop yourself. You couldn't grow, you couldn't learn. And so then all of these things kind of, it had this ripple effect in your relationships with your friends and going out because you didn't, you hadn't developed this other piece. Uh -uh. So when were you able to develop that piece that has allowed you to become the Deanna I know?
1: When I started my own family.
0: I'm sure it was hard for, tell us a little bit about your, your family after you left your home.
1: So this is going to sound crazy, but I married my mother's perfect husband. She always wanted to be with the partiers, the jokesters, the people that made her crazy. I did the same thing. I married the bad boy. I married the one that wanted to party. I married the one that always wanted to be free and didn't want responsibilities.
0: Your textbook.
1: So here I am again, having to be a mother to be superior, to be the nurturer, to be the one in control because I I had to make sure that he was in the right direction. Um, So I have him, still my mother, my father, and I'm definitely exhausted. You know, I'm having children and I know I have to be responsible and I have to be independent and I have to make sure that I protect my child because my husband wanted to be a child. So he was awesome as a father playing around and having fun. But when it came to responsibility, it was me. So I'm back in the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. I had to, I found myself though, because I knew, I had to be the one that was the one that was going to make the right decisions, the one that was going to open your mind and say, okay, you know, I don't control you. I don't have any control over what you've done. I don't have any control of what you're going to do. And I'm not taking responsibility for the things that you never could control. So I focused my energy on my children and I just let them go. I said, that's it. You want to be crazy? You, you want to have this life? And I'm going to. I lived my life the way I wanted to live it for my children, even though they were in my life. So I just took control again and said, "That's it. You know, I'm going to be the best mom I can, be the best wife I can, be the best. I. There's no way I'm going to be perfect, but I knew that I couldn't. I couldn't just join them. I had to be responsible and independent and um, strong for my children.
0: And you knew you couldn't keep continuing that same generational pattern. You had to put a stop to what you could put a stop to and that you had stewardship over, if you will, your children and you. That's it, right? So, Pretty incredible that you were able to put the brakes on the unhealthy patterns and try to start changing and moving forward in a different direction.
1: Yes, I wanted my daughter to know that she could do anything she wanted to do, that her um that my mistakes, that you know, my decisions were not hers to not take responsibility for anything that I screwed up in my life and to always keep her strong and motivated and never make her feel like I was her crutch. You know, I, I didn't want her to feel like she couldn't accomplish things because she had too much time on me. She had to worry about me. So I did that. I wanted to make sure I changed that pattern. I don't know what my mother's mother did to her, But for some reason, I saw my grandmother as a very strong, independent woman. And then when I saw my mother, I was like, well, if this is your mother, what happened to you? You know? So, for all I know, my grandmother, she might have put all her mistakes and all her, um, I guess you could say, her disappointments on my mother. But when she was my grandmother, She never came across like that. So I'll never know. But I wanted my daughter to know my mistakes, my disappointments, my decisions are not to be a burden on her. I I really hope that helps her. And she's very independent. She's very goal oriented and she's very strong and she has a great foundation for her family and she knew she wasn't going to be a great mom or a great wife or she wasn't be able to have the the family unit until she was 27 years old she waited and made sure she was done with her immaturity her mistakes her you know she'll make mistakes along the way but she made sure that she won't do that to her children. so it's like i feel wow you know my daughter she learned from me and now mm-hmm. showing above and beyond from what I did with her, so you know that that makes me feel really great.
0: But that's that is great, and that does make make us feel like maybe we did something right along the way. Um, so here you are, you've figured out that you know what I've got to set some boundaries. I need to do some things differently. Fast forward to the next thing that really. Rocked your
1: boat. Like I said, I was always the big supporter. I was very goal oriented. I was um, always the one that wanted to pull out the potential to put put you in, you know, on a pedestal. And I was always the one that was the cheerleader and motivated and and empowered. So I'm talking about my husband. So I empowered him to be who he was aspiring to be, and he started off small but I knew that he had greatness and I would always encourage and I would always support. And I would have a lot of lonely days and I wouldn't see him for weeks. And he was very busy and trying to create this dream to get his dream. And he had everything going. We were seeing the results and I was, giving him all of me. And I realized he was not, I don't want to say he was taking advantage. I don't want to say that he purposely was doing it, but he was unconsciously not knowing that he put me in the shadows. He, I had, he was a tree and I was literally, I was covered. I was just, I was never going to grow. I was never going to, I was always going to stay that's it you know he was always growing and he was always he was always just constantly um, prospering and and I was right there. you know I was right there, but I was I was losing myself what happened. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, my husband and I we were going through a lot of challenges with having a business and a family and a lot of things started to unravel a lot of things started to take a toll, you know, a business turns into an entity on its own and he wasn't having fun anymore. And it was turning into, um, his nightmare. Uh, he realized that he wasn't able to, he couldn't, he couldn't really be creative. He wasn't able, it was almost like the, the bills and the customers and the responsibility and the um, the more money we spent, the more money had to make. And it became a chore. It was already done. I could see it happening. Um, He wasn't enjoying things anymore. He was going to his customers trying to get money because back in 2008, the economy was really, really bad. And he changed. Mm. And I, I was like, you know, oh, my gosh. I stopped motivating him and empower. Him. I stopped being the one that made him feel like he could do anything. And then all of a sudden our empire started crumbling. Now, I'm not saying that it was my fault because I do that. <laughs> and then I take responsibility. Um, but I think that our unit family was falling apart and unconsciously I think that I knew if I was going to have to empower and have to keep my children empowered and motivated I had to stop focusing on my husband. So my children were going through a lot of hormonal things and uh, they were having a lot of let's just say a lot of issues in school, like, um, peers and everything just started to snowball. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, they're both of my children going through the same thing at the same time. And then I'm noticing my husband is uh, disappearing. Like, like his, he shut down and I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what, what happened, you know, but what happened was we just didn't have joy anymore in what our business was giving us. We had no more, I guess you could say, it wasn't a passion. It wasn't something we woke up anymore. We would wake up every morning and we'd be excited. And then one day we woke up and said, Oh my gosh, if we could close the doors right now, you know?
0: Yeah. So it sounds like it went from. From you've said it multiple times, this passion, this joyful thing, to this burden, it became a burden. And and I'm thinking to myself, I can see how that happens. I can see how if we lose balance mm-hmm. in our life and throw all of our eggs in this basket over here, mm-hmm. and we don't have that balance, then things start to crumble. You know this this leg over here is getting craps and it's doing this and you're not having that stability. And then the next one, and then the next one, it is overwhelming. And yes. so me from what you're telling me, if we can learn from where you're at right now in this story is balance. Yes. And the balance is where we have the joy, right? Exactly, and Not losing sight of who we are, as we create and develop and work on these things that we're passionate about.
1: Exactly. If you do not have passion in what you're doing, it's almost like the passion and the vibe, the energy that you put into something, it feels it. It literally feels it. So when you start to, your energy starts to go down and your energy starts to stagnate and you, and there's no more positive vibes going into something, it knows it's time to go away. And I had to learn that on my own. I figured it out because I used to say, you know, I appreciated everything about my life. I gave to people that, you know, were less unfortunate. I was never stingy. I was never braggy. I was never, you know, I I could go on vacation anytime I wanted. I could buy anything I wanted. But why did it get taken away from me? You know, what, what did I do wrong? I was a good person, you know. And when I really thought about it and I started to do some self-development, I found out I really didn't want it. And a lot of people would say, you know, why would you why would you wish for that to go away? I didn't wish for the money and the freedom to go away. I wished for the pain and the struggle and what it did to my family. And I guess it had to go away because that was the most important thing in my life was my family. So it, when it went away that's when you could say the foundation was cracked. Everything went away. The house, the animals died. Like it sounds really weird, but everything in our life was gone. And the only things left behind were my children and me and my husband, like just the four of us. Everything was gone.
0: All the the temporal Things that money can buy. Gone. No more. Gone. Everything. All our
1: memories. Um, like nothing. Was, I had no more animals left. Like all the animals. It was almost like everything was going away. I could see it slowly happening. I was watching like shows were ending. You know, they were um, their last season. The animals were passing away one after another. My friends were having marriage problems and divorcing. Like I could see my bubble was popping. I saw it happening. And I and I tried so hard to keep that bubble from popping. And I couldn't, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't do it. And now I know it was meant to be because I lived my path. I I did do what I was supposed to do. And I learned from it and I grew from it and I'm a different person because of it. So now I know, okay, I'm still here. So obviously I'm supposed to be doing something else and I had to figure that out.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking you're talking about all these really hard hard experiences and lessons and um, you're sharing them with me and I see a smile, but I think that's a coping mechanism you and I both have. And we, um, I don't think your friends, I'm assuming your friends, maybe you had a few close friends that you shared that pain with, but I don't think you really did. And I would assume they had no idea the pain that was inside, the pain that was behind that smile.
1: No, I never want to burden people with my problems. So I always, my dad that adopted me, he would always say, smile on the inside, on the outside and cry on the inside. And I don't think that was good for him to tell me because I should have had crying on the outside, but my father wanted me to know that if you smile on the outside, nobody will know what's going through your head. Nobody will, nobody will figure you out. He never wanted people to figure him out and he never wanted to open up. So he instilled that in me, not knowing what he did, but yeah, he did that to me. So when I smile, when I'm sad, it's not because I want to be sad or I want to be happy. I I can't figure it out. Like, I will just make sure that, you know, I'm happy. I don't know why. I will let you feel that I'm happy. And if you think otherwise, you know, then I get uncomfortable. And then it's like, well, you know if my husband says that i know there's something wrong you can't fool me you know and i'll be like what there's nothing wrong because i think that if i put it out there if i say it then i'm going to have to live it and then i'm going to have to i'm going to have to believe that there's something wrong and i and i refuse to believe something's wrong so if i don't say it out loud
0: it's not wrong no and and that so a couple of things and that even though you have this smile, but I can see your eyes, you know, and I can see there's a little more, there's a little more to this. Right. But I also think it's only those who see it really care. Those who see it want to see it because they are your, your friend and, and they, they have an empathy inside because of their own personal experiences that allows them to then recognize something familiar in someone else and, and how we can move forward. Now, I don't want to be a burden on anyone either. You know, that's not, that's not who I am. But one of the things that I have learned these last couple of years is that the more real and honest I have become, the more approachable I've become and that I'm helping others in a way far greater than I ever thought possible because I'm honest. And I might say, Oh, today's a rough day or, you know, whatever that is. And I don't go into the details. Mm -hmm. I had a friend once say to me, she said, she goes, Annette, if you don't tell me, how can I pray for you? And I, and it was regarding some physical, some struggles I was having physically. And I just thought, you know, you're right. You're right. And so slowly I started trusting and I, I knew those that I could trust that I could say, man, I'm struggling. Or, you know, my code word is chips and salsa. If I'm having a bad day, I, I text somebody, I said, chips and salsa? <laughs> and right. Because if I go out, and not that we talk about me or my struggles necessarily, it's just that I know there are things that I can do to lift those feelings inside. That's pretty cool. So, so you know, I, I just think there's there's a happy, authentic way. There's a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle, and a friend of mine introduced me to it, and I, it's just sitting here on my shelf. But there was this aha moment in this book, and she ta- she said, and she was in, she was an alcoholic. She started drinking the night that she got married because she knew she shouldn't have married this this man, but she didn't want to let anybody down, and and so then she gets pregnant, so she needs to stop drinking because she would cared more about this baby that was inside her. So she goes to an AA meeting and it was her second AA meeting and she was talking and somehow it came up. She said something to the effect of, I thought I was supposed to feel happy all the time. And a lady came up to her after and said, Oh, sweetie, feelings are meant to be felt all feelings. And, it was like something switched in my brain because all of a sudden I thought, you're right. We're supposed to feel all feelings, not just happy. you know." And, and this is just a few months ago. and It was just this. I continue to learn and progress. And, and so that's now become one of my mantras. It's okay to feel everything. Feel it all. And then let it go.
1: And then let it go. <laughs>
0: So, anything else, you know, did was there a point in your life that even, so you lost everything here. Mm-hmm. You're down to your children and your husband. Mm-hmm. You've rebuilt yourself. You've reinvented yourself, if you will. Tell me what happened and your ability to be able to do that.
1: Well, I guess I just... I've always known that I I'm a nurturer. I am the one that likes to help people. I'm the one that's always going to be there to pick you up when you fall. Um, So I've always been drawn to things that helps me to be a nurturer, to help people, to, um, to, you know, give them guidance. And I know, When I started to work online and when I started to talk to a lot of people and I would hear their life story and I would be able to resonate and I would be able to empathize and I could relate. Yeah. I could relate a lot and I could be able, I could talk to them. Like, uh, I've been told, you can talk to people like you've known them for years and you just met them in you know one minute on messenger. And I said, well, I it's guess because, that is a gift you have. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, but that's, I guess that's because as, as young as I can imagine, I've always, had to learn how to talk to people um you know i i think that when you're a child and you're not able to do the normal child things you know my mother would say sit up right talk right eat right this right this I'm like my gosh i mean i was constantly like am i doing this right that right so when i'm talking with people that i don't know and i can just I can just tell that, okay, this person doesn't really know how to explain themselves or they were trying to explain something and, you know, they say, I'm sorry, I I can't explain it. And then I say, no, I know exactly where you're coming from. And they're like, how can you do that? I'm like, I just can't. Um, And it's not like I have to hear their voice either. I can tell when somebody messages me, I can tell with their words on it's, it's really odd, but I can tell either they're trying to impress me. They're trying to tell me something that they're not, you know, um, or they're really nervous and they, they don't know how to put it in words, but if they could talk to me in person, they would be different. So, I mean, I, I can just tell, when I'm communicating with people that they, they need somebody that's going to not judge them, not make them feel intimidated, not make them feel like they are casting a shadow over them. So I'm, I'm literally just the person that you don't have to put on a show for me. And uh, you inspire me just by talking with me. Um, And I feel more accepting of you I feel more comfortable with you if you're not always trying to one-up me and make me you know make me feel like you're the kind of person that you always have to be on a pedestal and you always have to have the attention and you always have to have the last word you know those kind of people yeah I just let them go you know I'll be like I'll listen 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 and then I'll get in there and say yeah that's cool you know But I just feel people are always trying to create a person that they aspire to be, but they're not looking inside themselves to the person that they should be, you know? I mean, I can create a... I guess you could say a coach, um, a guru or whatever. I can aspire to be that person, but is it in my nature? Is it in my heart? You know, I, I don't see myself as someone that wants to come across like that.
0: No, you come across very real, very genuine. And people see that they feel that. And like you, you know, I don't want to, I want to be with those who are real, mm-hmm. who are, you know, g- genuinely putting forth their real self. You know, I do think that many of us at times don't know who we are. Um, you know, one of the things that I have and I don't want to call it a gift, but it, honestly, it, it kind of is a gift. With this whole coronavirus, is that I, when we couldn't, you know, we were self isolating, we couldn't go out, and I'm such a people person. I I had to learn to like me. Exactly. And it's hard. It's, it's hard to. You know, it to have that self evaluation and. And so um, I think that's something that that you have done, um, that different pain points in your life pushed you to figure out and to find you. And that's something that would be really a blessing and a benefit if we all took the time to find, to be honest with ourselves, genuinely look inside and have some self-reflection and move forward.
1: I, I totally agree. Um, I believe that self development is huge. I believe if you if you cannot understand yourself, if you don't know yourself, if you if you don't know your potential, if you if you're doubting yourself, if you feel that you have nothing of value to give, then How can you help others, you know, hold on a second. Like I, I have that demon. um, I have that voice in my head all the time. Um, And I guess you could call it my mother. She'll come in sometimes and she'll say, what makes you think you're going to change this person's life today? you know, how, how big are you? How great are you? I mean, my mother was like that and, you know, good luck. And I literally would say, shut up. I need you out because you never gave me value. You never benefited me. You were not good for me. I love you, but get out. And then all of a sudden, it's like I turned on a, I turned off a switch and then I know, okay, I'm going to do this call with this person And I'm going to have me, not my mother in my head, because if I let my mother control my mother, be my voice, then I will never be able to inspire people, motivate people because that's not the energy she gave me. So the energy that I had to create myself, I have to create it every day, actually, you know, I'm not lying. Every day I have to shut down that switch, I have to search inside myself and say, okay, I see your doubts coming. I see it happening. I know what you're doing. You had a great day yesterday. Um, you had uh, a sale. Uh, you had a lot of highs yesterday. And now today you're thinking, why, why me? What great am I? How good am I? Why should I deserve this? You know, and it's like, shut it down. I have to shut it down because it happens to me every day. Every day I wake up and it's a process. So I know it's never going to go away. You know, it's it's never going to go away. And I always have to repro It's like I reprogram myself every day, every day. It's exhausting, but I'm working on it. And I'm hoping that I'll find the more work I put into self-development the shorter or the lesser the voices will be and they'll disappear. But right now they're still there and it's not just her voice. You know, there's other people that influenced me and other people that hurt me. So I'm constantly having to say, no, it wasn't just luck. No, it wasn't just because the person was desperate. No, that person saw value. That person has value from you. That person, um, Invested in your program because they believe in you, you know, I have to do that every day And when i'm talking to people just outside of my my work When I talk to my husband my mother-in-law my son my daughter I always have to say you're a great wife. You're a great mother. You're because every day I will say wow, you know could have handled that better with my mother-in-law. I could have been better with my husband I could have so it's like i'm always saying I have to be better 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 and it's never gonna happen I'm never going to get to that plateau. I'm never going to stop. I know I'm always going to strive to be better and better, but when will it stop? Like, will I finally say, Oh, you know, I finally don't have those voices anymore. And I'm finally at peace when that stops maybe, or will it ever, I'll never know. So.
0: But I think Dean, one of the things that I love that, that, the vulnerability here and sharing that it's a battle every day. Every day. And, you know, we grew up those really formative years that created that freeway of doubt, that freeway of negative energy, that freeway. And that's what we're used to. And now we're trying, you know, to create a new road, a new pathway. and, at least you gained these tools that you can now say, no more, you know, get out of my head, you're done. And it does take work to do that. And it takes work daily. I mean, there are some mornings I wake up and I know, oh, it's going to be a battle Mm -hmm. because of that feeling, that energy where before I might have just rolled over and I'm just done for the day. Now it's like, okay, where's the light? Turn on some music. Right. Go for a walk. You know, there's tools or things that I know that I have in my tool belt that will help me win the battle. Yes, exactly. And I know that you have found things that help you win the battle, that help you then pay it forward. And that you've taken these things and you've created your own Karen's and putting another stone on top of another to help someone else with their load. Yes, exactly. And and friends, I hope that you have enjoyed this time that we've spent together with Deanna, and that you can take away some of these, these nuggets of truth and understanding that she has shared with us that will help you to find one of those things that are most important in your life. Find the joy and to see that daily in your life because there is joy all around us. doesn't mean it's it's easy, but there is joy. Is there anything you would like to share before we... We say goodbye.
1: Oh, I think I have shared enough. (laughs) I don't know what else I can say. Um, I just know if there's one thing that I would recommend to people is, you know, the voices in your head are literally just voices. It's not your reality. Uh, You can replace the voices. With your own, you can replace the voices with an awesome audio. Whenever I start to feel the doubt, whenever I start to feel that come over me, I'll turn on my music. I'll turn on an audio. I'll put on the TV to, I love Friends. I love the show Friends, and I'll laugh, and I'll get the voices out of my head because um, it, it is your perception of your own reality. So if you perceive that the voices are your reality, then they will become your reality. But if you perceive them as just noise and then just turn it off.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversation with Deanna Lavada. She is an incredible woman, truly a warrior. Someone who wrote her own story. Each of us have a story to share. Author Bernay Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing you will ever do. The stories and experiences our guests share inspire us, as well as help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media, as well as to share the site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep Karen. Oh,